Okay, hello everybody and welcome back to episode six of It's Not That Serious, the podcast. My name's Nicole. My name's Esty. And this is Bad and Boozy. (laughs) How cringe is that title? As soon as Bad and Boozy came into the picture, I was like, we're not not gonna go with that. It's topical from two years ago. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Do you guys remember 2017 at Lost and Found? (laughs) Okay, so I just want to let you guys know that we are on Instagram now. We have joined the 21st century. <laughs> By we, you mean me, though. Yeah. Essie is running our Instagram account, which insert applaud noise. <laughs> so Essie didn't have Instagram, and now she's running ours. So if there, you guys see a bunch of questionable hashtags or things <laughs> tagged wrong. Just really thirsty DMs. Yeah, that's just Essie. Uh, our handle is at it's not that serious.to. So you can go ahead and follow that. But I just want to preface that it'll just primarily be about the podcast. And if something interesting happens or we're going to try to keep it chill. So that should be the hub of all of our stuff. Do you want to intro today's topic? I mean... What can you really say that everybody has that one night where you're like, nobody can know about this. And yet everybody somehow knows. Especially when you put it on a podcast, then most people will know. (laughs) Especially when your parents are listening and your cousins and your grandma. Mom, I know you're listening. Just don't listen to this one. Like all the other ones, even the Catholic school one, that's fine. But just (laughs) this one and like for sure not dad. (laughs) So Esty has been wanting to do this one. I am so unexcited about this one, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, Nicole uses the promise of the drunk story as a way of keeping me engaged in the podcast. Let's do the drunk one now. And she's like, excellent idea, but... (laughs) However, hold that thought for three more episodes because... So we've hit the mandatory PG-14 episode. We have. She won't let me push it anymore. So here we are. All right, let's get bad and boozy. I went to Montreal with some friends. We were there for four days altogether. Every night we would meet up with other friends who were also staying in the city. There was this local guy who was a friend of a friend and he lived like near where we were staying and I thought he was so cute. (laughs) Every night we would like flirt a little, but it didn't really go anywhere because I was so level-headed and I kept thinking about the consequences of every hookup every time. Like my brain would think six degrees of separation, like, well, he knows her and she's this guy's ex and this guy, and I made out once three years ago. And so he might know and then whatever. Like, I just like can't stop myself from picturing like, you know, the end game of every single decision that I made at the time. So I kept like getting in my own way. Wait, you were scared of like people finding out or? No, it was just like, I would hear semi horror stories from your friends where your friend hooked up with someone and it was someone else's ex and then it was messy and whatever. And so it was hard for me to like ignore that that was a possibility. So I would always get in my own way. So to try to combat my own brain, I would drink a little more every night to work up the courage to hook up with him. (laughs) Were you talking to him all these nights or? Yeah, like from the first night we met, there was, you know, vibes. The first night I was a little tipsy and, you know, he was like trying to make a move, but I swerved that. And then the next night I was like, okay, we need to 
up the volume a little. So <laughs> was a little past tipsy, but then it wasn't enough. And then the third night I would go a little like more. So this was our last night. We were driving back to Toronto the next morning. So I was like, you need to get your head right because this needs to happen today. Oh, really? You saved them to the end. <laughs> I wasn't intentionally saving it for last. It was just like me being a loser. But on a side note, I'm such a lightweight. So I average about like three ounces per night and that's plenty for me. I can attest to this, this is true. I don't get messy, but I just know my limit pretty well. And three drinks-ish, I'm like in a good zone. I'm like dancing, I'm taking my clothes off. Like it's fine. Are you? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) When have you ever seen me messy? I have never seen you messy. I have seen you giggly. Also, different drinks hit different, you know? So, yeah, it was the fourth night. I was like, you know, we need to try something different because clearly what you have going is not working. So I stashed a Mickey and I would run to the bathroom throughout the night and like take swigs from this Mickey. So by about 11, I almost killed this Mickey. Oh my God, that's like terrifying for me to hear because I've never seen you drink that much. Right? Okay, for someone that takes three shots max to like have almost finished a Mickey, (laughs) that's a lot. I was trashed, but I didn't even realize how trashed I was because my internal dialogue was super logical still. And I would do that thing where you like hype yourself up in the in the bathroom mirror. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, my name is Esty. I am at a party. (laughs) (laughs) Step one, you're gonna remember grade 10 French because you're in big trouble. Step two, you need to figure out how to leave this bathroom without falling into the sink. So I kind of dug myself a hole though, because on the inside, I was still thinking pretty straight, but on the outside, I was at that point where you're apologizing to benches for walking into them. That, you know? The classic. This guy that I like, let's call him Mickey because that's how we got here. So Mickey said that he has a buddy that lives close by in this bougie condo and we can party there. The other thing to mention is as trashed as I was, I was maybe the most sober person in this group at this point. So it was my drunk duty to figure out how to get to Mickey's friend's place. I feel like that always falls on you. It always does. We're always like, Esty. Even when I'm (laughs) so fucking drunk, people are like, we can't find Nicole. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. (laughs) And then I just sober up in one second and I'm like, okay, step one, we need to find. Esty's like fucking mom mode. But this night, this kind of pissed me off because I so badly wanted to just like be wild and free and drunk and whatever. And then I have like 15 bros being like, I don't know how to bonjour. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And this was before Uber was really a thing and before people had like 10 gigs of data. So my drunk ass called 411 the operator. Are you serious? I called the operator in Montreal. You called an operator? Yeah, I called the operator at 1am. That's true, I guess you just have like 250 megabytes of like data at the time. I had no data. I think I had like a local plan or something for long distance. You know, like I'm fucking hammered. I'm trying to figure out how to corral 15 people across Montreal. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to have to call the operator. (laughs) So I called the operator. I was like, I need a cab in Montreal at this intersection. And somehow 
it worked. Wow, that though that's a real. Does that still exist as a service? That might even be easier than trying to figure it out yourself. I can't lie. That was not my first experience calling the operator because sometimes they because they do the work for you. The story has some gaps because I can't remember them. It's fair. Me calling the operator to me being in the cab, like A to B, there's a gap. I have no idea how I got from one to the other. Next thing I know, I'm in a cab, like in the back seat. It's me in the middle and then Mickey on my left and my friend Johnny sitting next to me. It's the best seat in the cab, right next to Mickey <laughs> and Johnny. Um, Mickey and two six on my right. <laughs> Mickey puts his hand on my thigh and he like leans in and starts kissing my neck. In the cab with 15 guys? No, no, there's only three of us. We had to oh split up. I was about to say, this is about to turn into a whole other night than I thought this was going to work. <laughs> it's a different direction altogether. No, it was just the three of us in the back of the cab. I think like our other friend was shotgun, but in the back it was like me and then Mickey and my friend Johnny. Yeah, he starts kissing my neck and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. So, you know, like this is happening, I'm into it. And then I'm realizing like, I'm like, how is he reaching to the other side of my neck? And I realized that Johnny is also kissing my neck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, wait, I feel like life <laughs> with you just like happens to you. Yeah, I feel like if I had to sum up my life versus your life, like life happens to me and you happen to life. Yeah, I think that, man, I need to calm the fuck down sometimes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, you want it to be that way because then you feel like you're at least a little bit in control. No, you're out of control because you start triggering shit that you didn't actually want to happen. And then you're like, oh, that was me. That was me. <laughs> I have no one to blame but myself. Yeah, so I'm getting this 360 treatment. So all this time while I was like hyping myself up to hook up with Mickey, my friend Johnny was doing the same thing, but about me. So the rest of the cab ride, I'll be honest with you, I blacked out. I have God knows what went down. Maybe I wasn't even involved. Mickey and Johnny were just like, we don't even need her. My next memory is I'm partying in this bougie-ass Montreal apartment. I could not even tell you whose apartment this is. I have no idea. Johnny is eyeing me from across the room, and he's coming to talk to me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Mickey comes over, and he's like, there's this private patio that we can go to to be alone, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> So he's like, bye, Johnny. <laughs> Thank you so much for mirroring what was happening to my left. <laughs> for some reason, we didn't go together to this patio. Like, he just tells me how to get there, and he's like, I'll meet you there. What the fuck kind of a... Just text you coordinates, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why we didn't go together. It was, like, hella dramatic to split up at that point, because... We were so trashed, but anyway, he, he goes first and Johnny can like see what is about to go down. And he's like, can you just hold on? Like, can you just come to the bathroom for a sec? And I'm like, um, okay, yeah, sure. I go to the bathroom, like Mickey's on his, like he's left to go to this secret garden. Um, and I'm like in the bathroom with Johnny and he starts crying and I'm like, Fuck. Like, oh my god. That is such a move, eh? That is such a move because then you're like, I literally can't do anything. Like, if I leave, I'm a bitch. Yeah. If I stay, I'm leading you on, which also makes me a bitch. Yeah. 
it's such a lose-lose. You're like, I have to comfort you. Yeah, I don't know how to comfort you without thinking that this is feels, because it's not. That is a scam. <laughs> it's a scam. It's a straight-up scam. The, the saving grace of this is that Johnny was more drunk than I was. He turns around and pukes into the toilet. <gasps> he won't remember anything. Yeah, he won't remember shit. And if he yeah. does, I can pretend like it wasn't me. There you go. So, uh, you know, like, I want to be nice, so I stay. And I'm like, are you okay? You know, whatever. I, like, pat his back, like, burp him, whatever the fuck you do. So then I black out again. Next thing I know, I'm in the stairwell trying to get to this magical patio. And I get to a floor... And I see there's a door leading outside. So I go through it and the door closes and I look around and I'm not on the magical patio. I'm in the back of the building in like the loading dock where like all the dumpsters are. Oh my God. How the hell did you get there? Okay, like he told me it's on the third floor. You know, I, I like stumbled through this doorway because I saw that it was like going outside, but the door had locked behind me. I was trapped because there were like these concrete walls all around me and I don't have my phone on me. I was gonna say you could at least call the operator. <laughs> I know the operator can get you out of anything. Literally. It was like really weird. It was like these two buildings side by side and their fire escapes were like next to each other. So I saw that if I climbed the fire escape of the building I'm in, I can hop the railing into the next building's fire escape. It was like those kind of New York style fire escapes. Right, like the outside staircase. Yeah, the outside staircase. This next building's gate was also locked, but the bars were just wide enough that I thought I could fit through them. I'm climbing like up this fire escape and like I get to this railing and I'm trying to go over and I slip and I fall into someone's fucking balcony. Oh my god. Make a fuck ton of noise because I fell like into their plastic patio furniture. But you know, I get up, I brush it off, it's fine. I feel no pain, obviously. So anyway, I somehow get down like to this other gate and I slightly underestimated how wide these bars are. For whatever reason, I didn't go head first. Like I stick my legs through one at a time and then I get my hips through. And then I get stuck like around my rib cage. And while I'm trying to squeeze myself through this fence, this couple is like walking past me. They must have just seen this chick's ass sticking out of a fence. And they're like, what the fuck? They're like, that person's from Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> we don't claim this one. Now that I'm thinking back, they probably thought I was trying to break into this ritzy building. That's what I was gonna say. Like if it's a nice building and your ass out in the fence downstairs, it's a look. Yeah in a trashy dynamite outfit. <laughs> it's so sketch. I tell them that I'm like stuck. So the guy starts like coaching me on how to get through the fence and him and his girlfriend are like cheering me on, like trying to get me to squeeze through this fence. Anyway, so I break free and all I can do is sit on the curb in front of Mickey's friend's building and wait for my friends to leave. And I swear I was sitting there for probably an hour and they all come down. Johnny gives me my stuff and I don't have like the heart or the energy to be like, so like, where's Mickey? So we just leave and- Wait, so you left Mickey there? Mickey stayed, yeah. Somebody else found the patio. <laughs> Somebody beat you to it. Still waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> One day, maybe there was no patio, you know? Maybe I just dreamt it. No, I'm sure it just, someone else probably just showed up there and he was like, yeah, this will work. Yeah, it's just as fine. At that point, like we were so drunk, honestly, you could have showed up 
And he'd been like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is who I asked to come here. (laughs) So in the end, I never hooked up with Mickey and Johnny got some action. I mean, (laughs) Johnny got like pity action. It wasn't even action though. It was just me thinking that Mickey is like real good at what he's doing, but really I'm just getting it from both sides. Imagine, I wonder if they knew that was happening. Cause I feel like that's a situation that both parties could, like there's a chance that both of them could have realized it was happening and been like, all right, we'll just go with it. I mean, well, A, we were in a cab, like it's not the place to have a threesome. It was that level of drunk where they didn't know. Like, I promise you, they didn't know. But I did have twin hickeys the next day. Man, did you take a photo? Yeah. Like, actually? No. <laughs> I don't want to commemorate. I'm going to post them on the Instagram. We're going to tag who's is who's. <laughs> Boys, do you remember? So, yeah, like, the next day, because you were staying with these people, or no, they were there. No, one guy was local. One guy was local. Yeah, so you didn't see him. The next day, we drove back to Toronto, and I didn't, neither of them were in my travel situation. <sighs> did you ever hear from either of them again? Yeah, I did. Wow. And? And Johnny kept trying. I kept saying no. But one day I was like, wait, this guy's kind of good at like floppy seconds. So I might just start dating him. This guy's a cute crier. And he brought me my stuff. (laughs) I mean, that's husband material. So, and I didn't puke. So I guess that's the one redeeming. No, you stayed, you held it together. I mean, I don't know if I held it together. Maybe that's what happened in those blackouts. Imagine it's just you puking off the patio and being like, I can't find the patio. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a threesome in the cab, but I also puked on the patio. And that's the real story. Our next episode is just us retelling the real versions of these stories. (laughs) Yeah, that couple that found me, we had another threesome. (laughs) Okay, I like that story. Yeah, it's not super messy, but... No, but it's good. There's like a lot of like parts. There's like boys and you getting lost and... Yeah, I parkoured. And it's like international? Yeah, <laughs> international for sure. This bad and boozy story um, is going to take us all the way back to high school. This is actually... <laughs> should I say this is a take two? Yeah, you could, you could tease the one that never was. Yeah, I basically just recorded a story and it's like so upsetting to listen to. And it's just misery <laughs> the whole time. So we're going to try it again with a different story. Hopefully this one's a little bit more fun and less sad. Pep it up. So my friend was having a party. They like to sometimes throw like themed parties, which normally themed parties are my least favorite activity. Like literally though. Right? You just want to wear what you want to wear. I don't want to sit here and be like, okay, I'm ketchup. You're that friend who like thinks any kind of organization at a party is lame. It just feels unnecessary. I like to go and just talk to people in like regular conversations and not like, oh my God, you're a taco? Like, wow. (laughs) You know, I just wanna. Yeah, but don't you remember when I was mayonnaise? I remember when you were mayonnaise because you were literally at work and I was like, this party's in half an hour and you're like, I don't have a costume. And I printed mayonnaise on a piece of paper and stuck it to a white t-shirt. And I was like, oh, but you do have a costume. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite condiment, bam. (laughs) You do, you like mayonnaise. I don't like costumes. I don't like, you know, like the Macarena or like all these organized activities to get people to do things that nobody feels like doing. So my friend was throwing a, it was a black light party. Okay. So this is like grade 10. And I remember this was, I was actually excited about this one because I was like 15 and I was like, it's going to kind of be like a club, but like in her basement, she was hyping it up. She's like, we're going to get lights and we're going to get like black light paint. You can like make up a shirt. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, how did her parents green? like this can i say because they were white 
<laughs> they were just like very lax. She would always host. Her parents were just really nice and so I was really excited for this. And I remember I was like, okay, I'm gonna like make a custom t-shirt for myself. And I remember I was like really into white chicks at the time. So I made myself a shirt and it said like, once you go blacklight, you're gonna need a wheelchair. Do you know that quote from white chicks? <laughs> yeah, super inappropriate and weird now. But at the time I was like, this is my shirt. This is my outfit. Pair that with a pair of some cheap leggings. This is a whole vibe. I was so hyped. I went to her house before the party to help set up. This was like the only time in my life I got this involved with this stuff. And we put up all this like black light paint stuff all over the walls and everything was like colorful. And like, I went home, I had like, I made my custom like glow in the dark t-shirt. So incredibly exciting. <laughs> okay, I'm ready, to, I'm ready for this party. It's like 7.30, I am ready. It was not starting. It was starting probably at like 9.30, but I was ready early just in case. Um, people start showing up or whatever and we started drinking and normally at this point I was only really drinking like Smirnoff vodka and was like I wasn't really that adventurous I didn't really mix drinks it was like Smirnoff and like some soda and like that was what I would call my night this guy showed me he had this like I'll never forget this it was like this blueberry flavoring I don't remember if it was like juice or like a powder but he put it in my drink and I could not taste the vodka anymore. That was a lesson <laughs> right there where you should always be able to taste. You have to know that there's alcohol in it. You have to remember that there's alcohol in it. Otherwise you're just going to be drinking it. And like, and at this time I have no tolerance, you know, like you're 15, I'm like two beers and I'm hammered. Yeah. Do you have a drink that you can't have anymore? I would say blueberry flavoring and yeah. probably all, <laughs> all the Smirnoffs. <laughs> I guess it was kind of like trying to, he was trying to do like when people started putting Mio in their drinks, it was like a pre-Mio. Kind of cool for the time. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm like, everything's colorful. My cup is colorful. My insides are going to be colorful. Like this is awesome. I remember drinking this blueberry thing and like her basement was really trippy because now everything was black, but except for the lights and everything was glowing and everyone's wearing these like black light things. And obviously it's like, it was just like a lot. Like it felt like we made like our own mini rave. You guys really pulled it out for a high school party. And that's the thing. This wasn't even her birthday or someone's, I don't know why we did this. I don't know. I think it was just someone's idea. Yeah. Okay. So the party starts. I'm drinking this blue shit in my cup. I'm loving it. I am running around. I'm in the lights. We had like a little dance floor. <laughs> EDM music was a, was big at the time. Skrillex. Yeah. Just bare Skrillex. And I was like, this is such a vibe right now. I'm loving it. <laughs> what did we used to say? Live, right? I guess so. Yeah. I haven't heard that in a while. Anyways, it was live and I was alive for a bit until after uh, some of the guys came up to me and they were like, okay, like we're, uh, we're smoking weed outside, like come or whatever. And I was like, okay. I had, I had finished this blue drink by this point and I was like feeling it hard. And I remember I went outside and as soon as I smoked, I immediately started spinning. I don't, I don't mix that shit. I never go crunk if I can help it. There's a balance like a light balance that I can handle, but I could not do it. So I, I go back inside and now I'm spinning in this black light basement. <laughs> and it's like such a different experience. And I'm like a nightmare. And this, by the way, the time now it's like 10, <laughs> like it's barely, this is barely started. And I'm already like this. And I'm like, oh my God. And I remember sitting in her basement in my head, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to die. This is it. I'm going to die. And I had to get out of the basement and I'm so <laughs> disoriented by the lighting and the spinning and everything. I remember I was running to the stairs 
and the beer pong table was in front of me and I literally jumped onto the beer pong table like in an attempt to dive over it but obviously in what world don't nobody makes that so I just <laughs> landed you know I'm trying to do like fucking yeah like some parkour tricks I don't know where this is coming from and i landed on the beer pong table and everybody playing is like whoa like whoa like what the fuck oh they were playing <laughs> it was just mid game and i'm like nose diving into like their fucking cups my friend helps me up and then i like get up and i like run to the bathroom just puked up blueberry flavor for like three hours i can't deal with anymore and it was such a shame because i like like i had my shirt on and everything and like the whole party was downstairs and i spent the whole night being like the blueberry kid from willy wonka <laughs> and it was just so upsetting and i to this day learned a lot of lessons one don't overhype yourself up for anything because you'll ruin it and two you need to be able to taste whatever you're drinking those are hard rules. That's an excellent rule. All you need is like that one time and you can't even think about that shit without gagging. <sighs> yeah, you know, and then I ended up like basically being an event organizer for everybody else is what happened because I didn't even get to be there. Were her parents home? Her parents were home. That's nuts. Yeah, I don't know, you know, but what else do you do in grade 10? Like... <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I like, I'm, I would be the same way though. The minute it crosses the boundary of puke, that's it. There's no coming back from that. Yeah. I think if I didn't smoke after I would have been fine. It's those, those spins, you know, can't, you can't come back. You're just stuck. Totally. I almost greened out once and it was the absolute worst. You almost greened out? I almost greened out. I think it was like my first or second time taking more than one bong hit it's tough because you can't do anything like you can't like puke out your bong rip like you just have to sit there with it i was talking about this with my friend a while back and he was like i would much rather green out than puke from drinking and i'm like i don't know because hell no when you're drunk there's something physically in your stomach that's making you feel like that you can't puke out being high exactly if only you guys had heard. Twas the first story. Twas not, tis not the time for that story. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever be. We'll save it for the books. Maybe we'll do it it's a, another way. For, the, for your memoir? Yeah, I'll put it in my will. I'll posthumously publish the story that never was. The right moment. I'll put it in a time capsule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, what is that thing that YouTubers, like that um, Patreon? Where you like pay for content on the side? Yeah, seriously. You guys want to hear a shit show of a story? Seriously. Oh my god, I don't even know if I want to make money off it. It's just <laughs> so like, I don't even care to make money off I'd rather just keep my sense of self versus your $5 subscription. <laughs> Okay, well, thank y'all for tuning in to our bad and boozy combo story. Yeah, any final thoughts, Essie? Any final words of wisdom? Okay, well, one, if you want to hook up with someone, do it. Okay, that is like the worst advice I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. If, you're in, if you put in time and effort planning a party... Give yourself at least a couple hours to be there. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst advice I think I've ever given. I can't even like produce like a valuable piece of advice right now. It's fine. I do have a photo of myself from that party. I need to see that. I don't have a photo of myself from- You do? I don't. 
Not from this night, God. <laughs> this is me. Just me climbing over a fence. I'm falling from the fence. Okay, well, thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Bye.